Hello and welcome to the Brussels to Beijing policy podcast from S&P Global Platts. I'm Siobhan Hall, Platts' expert on European Union energy policy in Brussels. And I'm joined from London by Sean Bartlett, Managing Editor for European Biofuels, and Ross McCracken, Managing Editor for Energy Economist. Now, if you've seen any science fiction movie, you'll know that the future of transport is all flying cars and fusion engines with no petrol pumps in sight. But how do you drive oil out of transport? This is the key policy question for the European Commission, which is looking at new rules to achieve this goal. Sean, tell us more. Hi, Siobhan, thanks. Yes, so the Commission has published a European mobility strategy, which is looking at how to cut the EU's transport emissions and also to reduce its oil imports. A lot of it is about making engines more efficient so that they use less fuel and therefore have less emissions but it's also about promoting uh, alternative fuels like biofuels electricity gas in road transport etc etc right so this is all part of the eu's drive to cut its total greenhouse gas emissions by at least 40 percent on 1990 levels by 2030 and by at least 80 percent by 2050 now transport accounts for about a quarter of the EU's total emissions. So, Ross, what are the options for cutting transport emissions? Well, there's different options, really, uh, fit best for different modes of transport, which suggests a multiplicity of technologies rather than one dominant one. You'd be making the largest gains by switching cars to electricity, for example, but when you look at ships, then it's LNG that looks like the most promising low-emission technology. If you're looking at aeroplanes, a very tricky nut to crack that's possibly a sort of real niche area for biofuels and if you're looking at heavy vehicles then perhaps it's compressed natural gas and there's also hydrogen which in some ways competes with electricity as a transport fuel but in other ways it's actually very complementary to a widespread renewables based electrification of the system right so the technologies already exist how likely are they to displace oil i mean the commission is saying that alternative fuels could displace about 15 to 17% of oil by 2030 with the right policies. And that would be mainly through biofuels with a 6 to 7% share and electricity with around a 4% share. For biofuels, a 6 or 7% share would be roughly what we're aiming for by 2020 or maybe even a bit less. EU countries have national targets to source 10% of their energy from uh, transport energy from renewables by 2020, and most of that is expected to come from conventional biofuels or first-gen biofuels, which are based on uh, crops. And it kind of also implies that the rest of the target would have to be met from advanced biofuels if they can deliver, and also electricity. I mean, I think the EU's electricity target there is actually not that ambitious. So is it a head-to-head fight? between biofuels and electricity? You could look at it that way for passenger cars anyway. The growth at least will come from one of those two areas. It seems unlikely that manufacturers will want to make multiple versions of of their cars for every single different type of fuel available. That's right. I mean, you you are, um, at least in certain segments, looking at one technology coming out on top. My money at the moment is on electric cars. I think on cost of convenience, at least in the passenger vehicle segment. The price of lithium batteries is coming down fast and their capacities in terms of range and energy density keep growing. And running a car on electricity is very cheap. It's much cheaper than oil. You've also got companies like um, Chevrolet, Tesla, 
which are planning to bring electric cars to the market as early as this year in the range of about $35,000. So they're moving fast from being a rich man's plaything to something with the range and capacity that ordinary people can afford. Yeah, that's that's very true. But also, um, you can't really forget about biofuels because you're going to need them potentially in larger trucks, buses and haulage areas uh, and also in aeroplanes as you pointed out where the other options are quite limited so electricity is not such a viable option for them they also it's not not to forget these types of vehicles use a lot more fuel than passenger cars so if you want to make large gains you can't ignore those areas right i mean the commission's longer term projections put biofuels with about a 36 to 37 percent share of eu transport demand by 2050 compare with around 16% for electricity, and that's assuming policies promoting them both. It's just a, a projection. It's a long way out in the future. I mean, I think it's hard to see how the EU would get there, given that both conventional and advanced biofuels are not competitive with oil products. That's very true, especially since uh, oil prices crashed in, in the last few years. The economic rationale for biofuels is, is much diminished. The only reason there's still demand there at the moment is because of the national mandates which uh, require oil companies to use a certain amount of biofuels. And they only last until 2020. Right. So this is what the Commission is looking at. It's looking at how to incentivise these alternative fuels after 2020 to meet 2030 targets. So it's looking at targets for directly cutting transport fuel emissions, for example, or for having uh, minimum shares of renewable fuels blended in. But it's been very clear that conventional biofuels should not be promoted after 2020. And here's EU Transport Commissioner Violetta Bulk on that point. We will not just cut off the first generation of biofuels, but we will allow the gradual dying out. We're just not supporting it anymore and focusing more on the second and third generation. So the Commission wants conventional biofuels to be gradually replaced by advanced biofuels. And that's why the 6% share doesn't really change from 2020 to 2030. Sean, you said the 2020 targets have boosted conventional biofuels market share. What's the story with advanced biofuels? Well, we mentioned that the conventional biofuels, as we're calling them, are not really commercially viable right now. Uh, Advanced biofuels are even less commercially viable and without binding targets or some sort of government support for advanced biofuels that it seems that the appetite in the industry to invest is not there and people are going to want to make sure they can get their return back by 2030 perhaps so they need more support and you're talking obviously of a technology which is some years in the future whereas electric cars are pretty much in the here and now uh, and i think we're really underestimating the disruptive potential of electric cars I also think that the EU is probably just as ambivalent about second-generation biofuels as it is about the first. If you've got solar panels on your roof, a battery in your house, an electric car in your garage, which is all possible today, you've effectively built a completely different supply chain, one that's completely local. And that that potentially is so disruptive that by the time uh, advanced biofuels get here, it may be too late. Right, well, that's going to be very interesting if that happens, but... I think that's going to be a niche market for a while. I mean, the EU is still focused on grid-based electricity to at least 2030, and wind farms are the biggest growth area, not individual solar panels. So the EU has a target for 2030 to source at least 
27% of all its energy, which includes heat and transport, from renewables. And the Commission is going to propose formal legislation on this by the end of the year. Okay, so guys, I have one question that's been bugging me about this. We're talking about reducing emissions through electric cars, but if the electricity generation itself is not sustainable or renewable, then, you know, it's not really helping. Is there actually enough renewable power around to power all of these cars? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the growth in renewable power is the EU power market's biggest challenge at the moment. That's why the Commission is also going to propose a new EU power market design this year which is all about integrating large shares of renewable power into the grid. That's fair enough, but in Sean's point from earlier about big vehicles using a lot more fuel is really important because we've got you know, a lot of progress on electric cars in the passenger vehicle segment, but if there's no breakthrough in commercial vehicles, then oil demand could still grow despite the electrification of the passenger vehicle segment. So it is necessary to look at all the options and all the technologies And the reality is, uh, as the economy grows and have more commercial traffic on the roads, the likelihood is that oil will remain the dominant transport fuel for for decades. Yeah, exactly. And and by the Commission's own projections in this paper, oil will still account for around 83 to 85% of transport demand in 2030 and 40% in 2050. And that's even with all of these policies in place to promote the uh, alternatives. So there we have it. Oil may go down, but it won't be out of transport for decades. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening, and tune in next month for more Platts Perspectives on Policy.